Welcome to Shedding Shackles. Today's topic is Hate Separates. And now here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. We've been around now for 30 years, over 30 years, actually. This is our 31st year on the radio, all over the country. And my message is a very simple one. My message is you have got to come back into the light. Into the light. There is such a thing as spiritual light. And it's all around you. Christ once said, the kingdom of heaven is all around you and within you. But you have to find it. And the way to find it is to be receptive. There is earthly light. Let's talk about earthly light for just a moment, or natural light, which is something like spiritual light at a lower level. Light, for example, is sent by God. God created it, and he sends it. And so light comes in the name of the Lord, and it carries something. It tells you something about him. You know, it's an interesting thing in nature and also in physics and in calculus. The information about what's inside of, of, of a circle or a shape or a sphere is encoded in the boundary. That's the basis of the fundamental theorem of calculus. And then you have the fundamental theorem of line integrals and Stokes' theorem and Green's theorem and the divergence theorem. You can learn about what's inside from the boundary. That's very interesting. Well, God sends forth his light. And what I'm trying to say is, analogously, you can discover something of the Creator by his light. For example, light create contains both light and heat. The light brightens things, and the heat warms things. Isn't that something like God sends forth love and wisdom? Everything God makes has love and wisdom in it love and wisdom. And so in light, you have light and heat. But notice, please, that things must be receptive to the light. Some things accept the light, and they are warmed by it. Other things reject it or bounce it off. And so to, to benefit from the light, spiritual light from God, you must be receptive of it. And note also that some things are burned by light. That's right. If you have a plant, a living plant, it's receptive to the light, isn't it? It loves the light. The plant lifts up its leaves toward heaven and absorbs the wonderful sunlight. And the plant then uses that sunlight to make more of itself and to make beautiful flowers and fruit and lots of wonderful things. But the dead plant, the dead plant is burned by the light and the leaves shrivel up and burn and drop off. Is that not true? And so therefore, spiritual light, yes, spiritual light also burns people who hate the light. Christ was talking, of course, in, about spiritual light. See, I'm going back and forth between earthly 
natural light and spiritual light. So you can see the analogy, the correspondence. God said that uh, some people hate the light. Some people love the light and they hate the light. And so when he came, when Christ came, he came in the name of the Lord. Isn't that a beautiful expression? You see it quite a bit in the Bible. To come in the name of the Lord. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Well, when you come in the name of something, you come representing something or someone. You represent it. You have its blessing. You have its authority. And so your words have the authority of the one who sent you. And Christ came in the name of the Father. That's right, the Father. He came in the name of the Father. And so he represented the Father. He represented him who sent him. And so his words contain something of that. And so some people hated it. Some people loved it. They recognized who he was. And they loved him. And they loved where he was coming from, which means they loved the Father. And they were thereby saved. But other people hated. That's right. They hated the light. Do you understand now? So... We're going to have a little message here, and then we'll continue with this uh, topic. It's a very good topic. I'm a man with a microphone, so I, people ask, no, I don't have a church. I do not have a church. I'm just a person, and I open my mouth and I talk. And if what I say strikes a responsive chord, then that's good. So now I began by saying that you must be receptive of God's light. And are you? Probably not. Probably not. Why? And do you feel loveless? Do you feel unloved? Do you feel empty? Do you feel like life has no meaning? Do you feel resentful? And so on and so forth. Well, the only reason is because you're separated from God's light. That's all. If you had God's light, then you would be happy like a little child rushing from bed in the morning, going forth to a day of discovery. That's the way you would be. And I don't care if you're 20 or 50 or 90. That's right. 90 years old and awaiting the day with joy because you would have God's light. Do you understand? All right. So why are you not receptive of God's light? Because of a couple of things. Mainly... Resentment. That's right. Resentment. What does resentment do? It separates you from love. Remember, God's light contains love, so you're separated from, from God's love through hate. That's right. Hate somebody, resent somebody, judge someone, and you're separated from God's love. It's that simple. And then if you're separated from God's love, then you don't have God's love in you. So hate your brother, hate your father, Hate your mother, hate your neighbor, hate anybody. And you are separated from God's love, so you have no love in you. Do you understand? And then you try to compensate for it. You parents, first you you nag them and you're impatient with them and you have no have no patience. And then you feel guilty. And then you you try to be extra nice and you spoil them. And so you hate people. And then you bend over backwards to be extra nice, to make up, to compensate. 
You understand that there's no love in it. There's no love in the compensation. There's no love in your phony love, your false love, your condescending love, your smother love. There's no love in it. Now, that's why everything backfires. So, would you like to find God's love? It's very simple. Let go of resentment. Let it go. And then what will happen? Then you will begin to feel God's love. And what will it feel like? It'll feel like conscience. Why? You've been separated from his love so long that you've begun to change. That's right. You've changed into the image of the world. You changed. You degenerated. You adapted to a dark world without love. Look around and see all the the murder and the and the violence and the cruelty and the meanness and the phoniness and the people taking advantage of each other and so on. Even in the family you see it. Well, it's a world without God's love because they're not receptive of God's light. It's that simple. But if you give up resentment, then you know what you're gonna you're gonna begin to feel God's light. You're going to sense it, and then it'll feel like conscience. In the light of his love, you feel bad. Do you understand? In the light of his love, you feel bad. Have you ever been mean to somebody, and then suddenly you realized it, and then they were kind to you, or you suddenly realized that you were mistaken, you thought they ignored you, but they really hadn't, or you thought they did something against you, and they really hadn't, and then they just shrug their shoulders and they say, oh, you know, then you say, I'm sorry, I was, I was, I hated you, but I was wrong. And they say, oh, don't worry about it. And their kindness, their kindness makes you feel bad. Well, that's conscience. So in the light of God's, in the presence of God's light, you feel bad. Well, just stay with it. Don't reject it. Don't resent the light. Don't reject conscience. See your own wrong your own resentments, your own impatience, your own phoniness, your own goal-setting and rushing forward to get what you want and the heck with everybody else. Just see that and experience a little bit of pain when you see it. Well, that's conscience. But you know what? Then it will refine. It will refine into a sadness, a helpless sadness, where you see you're wrong, but you know you can't make yourself right. And then stay with that. Then it will refine into peace. You'll have a catharsis, and you'll have peace with God, and you'll realize something very profound, and that is that God doesn't hate you. You've hated him, but he doesn't hate you back. Isn't that sweet? So now do you understand? You must refine God's light. So begin by letting go of resentment. It's that simple. Let that be the beginning. And then the next thing you're going to have to let go of is your fantasy life. That's right, imagination. No, you won't be able to make it go away. But you must learn to stand back and look at it and see it for what it is. It's the beginning of hell on earth. That's right, the beginning of hell on earth. Where do you suppose? Look, look, let's go back to the Garden Eden. And how did evil enter into the world? Well, it began by approaching the mind. It was the mind, Eve's mind, and then she spoke, and then Adam's mind. 
And he imagined, he began to imagine himself as being great through knowledge, through education, through doing his own thing, through setting aside God's command and rebelling. That's right. And who was the original rebel? Wasn't it the devil? And what did the devil do? He did unto others what was, he, he tempted others to rebel just as he had. And Adam went for it because he was excited by those daydreams of glory and greatness and those goals, those ambitious goals. Now, do you understand about ambitious goals? Now, do you see why when you go to work in an ambitious environment and everybody's ambitious and striving and struggling for goals, now do you see why it feels dead, why it feels so meaningless? Because it is. Learn to live unto God and your life will become sweet and every day will be a day of discovery and joy. You'll go forth in the morning and you won't even know what the day will bring and you have no goals and it'll be beautiful, but you know what? You'll accomplish a lot. And one day you'll look back and say, wow, look at all I've done. And it will be good because it will be with God's blessing. In these challenging times in which we live, Roland has decided to make the complete four-part meditation exercise available for free to those who cannot afford a donation. The meditation exercise is a tool for dealing with stress and remaining centered. To listen to the complete four-part meditation exercise, simply go to SheddingShackles.com and click on the middle icon, Meditation. That's SheddingShackles.com. Are you experiencing stress, anxiety, or unhappiness? Do you feel weighed down by the past? Stay tuned for a special message from Roland Trujillo, host of the Shedding Shackles radio program. For over 25 years, Roland Trujillo has been helping people shed the shackles of unhappy memories, consisting of upset, hurt feelings, and negative emotions that bind them to the past. Over the years, many people have listened to and benefited from Roland's positive message. Perhaps you, too, can discover the secret to becoming free from the past and moving forward to live a new life of joy and purpose. And now, here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo. Hi, this is Jeremiah Trujillo, the producer of Shedding Shackles. I'm also a pianist, and played some of the music examples that you hear on Shedding Shackles, such as Rufflet dans l'eau, or Reflections in the Water, a work by the French Impressionist composer Claude Debussy. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everyone. We're talking today about light. Christ said, I am the light of the world. They who follow me will never walk in darkness. But he also said that those who do evil hate the light because the light exposes their deeds. So now you see that uh, we must find the light, the light from God, spiritual light from our Creator. Just as the sunlight shines upon this earth and makes things bright and warm and clear, 
so likewise spiritual light shines upon everything and it exposes that which is not true, that which is not good, that which is false. That's what you need is God's spiritual light to shine in your soul so that you might see what is not true and then not follow it anymore. Now, it's very simple. Now, what I wanted to continue talking about is what I began in the first half of today's program. I concluded the first half by saying that the imagination is the no man's land wherein we humans can be approached by the dark side. The next time you become resentful, the next time you become angry at someone, you know, somebody else at the office got a raise and you didn't get a raise, or the boss put some extra work on your desk, or someone forgot to tell you that you did a good job, or something like that, and you become resentful, then notice the thoughts that come to your mind. Notice how you begin to think about going to work for a competitor, getting even, slacking off, calling in sick, things like that. You think about getting even, going off to your competitor, and then giving one day's notice and saying to your boss, well, you didn't give me a raise, you gave me too much work, you didn't appreciate me, so I'm going somewhere where I am appreciated. You see what I mean? Those are the kind of thoughts that go through your mind. And worse, and worse, when you become very resentful, then thoughts come to your mind that support what? That support pride, that support rebellion, that support doing the wrong thing, that support anything but love and forgiveness and overlooking faults and kindness. And so, what's going on there? Well, you're being approached by the dark side that's always crouching on your doorstep, just waiting for an opportunity to make its approach to your mind with some alternative to what's right. And so, when we're little kids, of course, we have an active imagination, and it's perfectly natural. In a sense, the imagination shields the little children from too much reality, from the cold, hard world out there. And they play, and it's all perfectly natural. But when you become an adult, then your imagination, more often than not, is used for as a playground for, for it's the devil's workshop. But you think those are your thoughts. That's right, you think they're your thoughts. And you think those are your ideas. So either you go along with them, or you feel guilty about them. But either way, there they are, tormenting you, haunting you. And notice how all it takes is a little upset to become a little bit angry, a little bit resentful toward your wife or husband, for example. And then notice what comes to mind, vicious things to say, creatively cruel things to say or to do. And most of us have enough sense to, to let those things pass without, without doing them. But when you sit around indulging those kinds of thoughts, see, they always cater to you with love and hate, those thoughts, with love and hate. And they stroke your ego. On the, on the one hand, they tempt you to judge other people. And then they stroke your ego and tell you that you're wonderful and it's a false love, you see. So it loves you as you are. 
It loves you in your fallen condition, and it loves you when you are filled with pride, when you puff up and resent someone, you see? Or when you crave comfort, when you crave reassurance, and you crave love, when you've done wrong, when you've been cruel or impatient or mean or phony or you lied, then you look for approval, don't you? You go to your friends. You want them to give you approval and say, yeah, your husband is no good. Yeah, this is no good and they're no good and blah, blah, blah. They, you want your friends to support you in, uh, in your negative resentment, you see? But what I want you to see is that those thoughts are not your friend and they're not even your thoughts. So you must learn how to just let them go by without paying them any mind. And how do you do that? Well, you have to see that they're not your thoughts. You have to see that they're from a dimension that doesn't have your best interests at heart and then just let them pass. And then you also have to, to realize that you become vulnerable to those kinds of thoughts, to negative thoughts, morbid thoughts, defeatist thoughts, and doubt doubting what's right, doubting what's true. It's an agony, and it comes from the dark side of the force. So you must see that you made yourself, you rendered yourself vulnerable to them by resentment. There it is, that's the word, resentment. And also, yes, resentment. Resenting people for not admiring you, <laughs> for not worshiping you for not seeing you in a good light, for not doing what you want. You see what I mean? So why don't you just knock it off? Stop presenting people and then watch those thoughts flip by without paying them any mind. Let them go in one ear, not the other. Don't indulge them. And then you will be back toward, going back toward the light again. Now, I want to also share with you something else. You need a little help, see, because you have the habit now of escaping into your imagination and into thought. That's where you escape. Then when that's not strong enough, then you look to drugs and to drink and to marijuana and to music and to distractions, all manner of things and other people's wrongs. You even escape into other people's wrongs. You gloat over their wrongs. Or you gloat over rushing to other people's help. Anything to rush away from seeing your own self, seeing your own resentment, your own pride, your own falsity. And so you escape. But your number one escape mechanism is into thought. Now, there are plenty, plenty of people around who don't mind you being lost in your thoughts. Because when you're lost in your thoughts, then you're very vulnerable to their suggestions. When you get lost in thought, see, the salesman wants you to imagine yourself driving the nice car or imagine how you'll look with those new shoes on. You see what I mean? Or imagine how great you'll be when you, when you spend all that money and get that degree. You see what I mean? So they want your money. They want your life. They want your loyalty. And they don't want you to see them as they are. They don't want you to see what they're up to. Now, do you see the importance of the light? If you could just observe everything objectively, if you could take a mental step back and observe things objectively, then you would see those thoughts are not your thoughts. And those cruel, th 
the creative things that come to mind are not yours, and just let them pass. And then you'll see what other people are up to, how they're trying to manipulate you. And you'll see that all those goals that you thought were your own goals, actually other people were, were dangling the carrot. They wanted you to follow those goals so that they could have your life, your money, your energy, your loyalty. And so you wouldn't pull, out, pull the rug out from underneath them. And you wouldn't see them how they are. See? So just see all of that and realize that other people are also deceived. And they're lost sheep. And they don't even realize what's controlling them. So have compassion. Don't feel sorry for them. But have compassion. Don't hate them anymore. And let go of your resentments toward everyone. Especially toward your parents. Yeah, maybe they failed you, but they were doing the best they could. Now you see that they were victims too. Now that you're a parent, you can see that yourself yelling and screaming at your kids and you realize that you don't want to really be that way, but you can't stop yourself. Well, they couldn't either, so forgive them. Let it all go. Let go of the grudges, the resentments, the bitterness. Let it go. And then see life with fresh eyes. And seeing life with fresh eyes, why, you'll be able to become like a little child again and go through the day as if it were a grand adventure without baggage from the past and without the hate, hatreds and the, and the guilt for the hatred and the resentment and the guilt for the resentment and then, and then having to do for other people to make up for the guilt and then resenting them for that and then resenting yourself. That all has to go. Let it go. See how it gets increasingly complicated? Let it go. And get the little meditation that I have. Because the little meditation helps you to stand back and look objectively at those negative thoughts now that want to pull you down into them. Those negative thoughts that lie to you. And those emotions that lie to you. See? See it. Stand back you'll be free of them. And I recommend the little meditation because it helps you get started. See, like I said, most of you are so lost in your thoughts that you just, the, the moment you get upset, the instant that you get upset by any little thing, you're immediately lost in your thoughts. And once you're lost in thoughts, it takes you a while to recover. No sooner do you start to recover than something else upsets you. So that's the other thing you have to see, that you get upset too easily. But if you could do the little meditation, you'll get a little mental distance. Mental distance from the thoughts. Mental dis distance from things on the outside that upset you. And you will regain your equilibrium and your poise. And you will be centered. And then you can watch. And then you can begin to walk in God's light, His spiritual light and you'll be safe. Until next time, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. I'll see you then. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Shedding Shackles with your host, Roland Trujillo. Now you can listen to Roland anytime by logging on to www.sheddingshackles.com. You'll find lots of free, helpful information, and you can also order materials or make a donation by using your credit card. Once again, the web address is SheddingShackles.com. Please remember that Shedding Shackles is listener-supported. Thank you. <laughs>